There is no error with your audio outputs. Do not attempt to fix any sound issues. We are monitoring you with this device. We control your options and settings. We are transmitting through your internet connection, but our signal is actually entering your mind, sending electrical impulses into the very tissues of your brain. Try to stay calm. We've taken over your senses for the duration of this broadcast. You are helpless to resist. We have taken control for your own sake. There are things you must know. This is Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton. And welcome to another thrilling, amazing, shatteringly awesome Paranoia podcast. I am Olaf Phillips. I am the publisher and occasional writer for uh, Paranoia Magazine. Ron. And I'm Ron Patton. I'm the executive editor of Paranoia Magazine. And uh, oh. yeah, we're here once again. Once again on our irregular broadcasting schedule, because that's just, Ron, it's just who we are. Well, and plus the fact that we finally do have uh, an issue out. What number issue is this? I believe it's 66. Right on. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, Ron and I have had some conversations about it, and we're going to try to publish it on a more regular basis um, and cut some of the distractions out so we get the magazine out on a more regular basis. But yes, we have, uh, we have, I believe it's issue 66 out, uh, some amazing articles in there. Um, I also need to give a $2 shout out to Natalie, who has been on podcast before she's got the tarot mood tarot card deck uh, coming out so make sure you check out uh, i believe it's tarotmood.com but you can find her on facebook as well mm -hmm. um she's about to launch a kickstarter so definitely a uh, two dollar shout out to her uh what else ron oh hey ron i talked to um i talked to harry uh about the professional paranoid yeah so we're yeah so I was thinking, especially right now, with a lot of the stuff that's going on, mm -hmm. that it might be good to get to get the uh, the professional paranoid books back out into the into the real world. So I'm that's working great. on getting those published. Yeah, excellent. yeah, excellent. He's he's excited. So good. you know, watch for the professional paranoid. How to how to counter surveil how to counter surveil the guys that are surveilling you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, he, he's stuff. an expert at it because he went through a lot of surveillance back around the early 2000s, and so he gives some really good, prudent recommendations and examples of how you can uh, counter against unwarranted surveillance. Surveillance and targeting. Yeah. Okay, well, we have, an, we have a very interesting guest tonight. So, hey, Ron, why don't you introduce her and we'll get the ball rolling. Alrighty. Tonight on the Paranoia Podcast, we have Deborah Tavares, who uh, was actually on Ground Zero just uh, a few days ago. And uh, Deborah's been on Ground Zero before. And actually, uh, Olaf and I met her at the uh, at the Occupy Bohemian Grove back Bohemian in 2012. Grove. Yeah, Bohemian Grove. And then also, uh, 
I believe um, you and Lou and Anthony came to my grand opening of the uh, my uh, conspiracy store in San Diego. Do you remember that, Deborah? Absolutely, um, I do. Absolutely. In fact, we were trying to remember where it was. I remember it was down, you know, south of, of uh, Los Angeles. So thank you for right. yeah, geographically the- reminding me. Right. Yeah, it was in the Hillcrest area, actually, uh, okay. of San Diego, and th- that was a nice little spot. It was sort of a, uh, it was called Cafe Libertalia, and it was a libertarian collective of different businesses. And so I had my little conspiracy corner in there, and there was an internet cafe, uh, steampunk jewelry, uh, electric bikes. So yeah, it was a kind of an eclectic. Uh, little group of us there but uh and i think i also remember you at the uh, conspiracy con you you were there a few times when anthony was speaking i believe well i was actually i also was a keynote on the smart meters gotcha. and anthony anthony was the one that really um pushed me into mm-hmm. uh doing that and uh that was through i i have to say his encouragement uh, that right. this whole thing started rolling for me in the direction that it started rolling for me. I had been doing lots of research, mm-hmm. but I had certainly not taken it to the stage. Right. And um, I had taken it as far as activism went and on the streets mm-hmm. and uh, many things like that. But um, I have to say, Anthony was the one that guided me into um, doing radio shows. And I have to to really give him that because right. uh, he really did encourage that with me and I'm thankful for that. Right. Yeah. And we certainly do miss him because he was a real go-getter and he made so many conspiracy videos. Yeah. I think he, yeah. he's probably made more videos than anybody sort of in conspiracy research. And so he's uh, sadly missed for sure. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But he, but we're here. And yes. I know that he is glad that we are. Right. So with, w- yeah, with that having been said, um, I'm thinking you guys are probably wanting to talk about what it was like here in the massive power outage that was pre Right. So give us a rundown on that. Like, uh, yeah. I understand that you actually went to uh, some council meetings prior to the shutdown. So, well, you know, I did. A- and, and actually, I now have that up on. Uh, stopthecrime.net under our uh, video um, YouTube section, and it's uh, called Blackout, and it's uh, three minutes and 28 seconds long, and it was the day of their announcing that we were going to have a shutdown, Mm -hmm. and I went there actually for agenda items. I wanted to hear and watch and see the body language of a number of items that they were going to approve because they were horrific. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea I was walking in on a day of the announcement of the red flag warning and then the imminent uh, shutdown by PG&E. Because again, when I first was there, they said to the board that it was 99% that that PG&E was gonna shut everything down. And then before I left, five hours later, they said it was 100% Mm -hmm. the lights were gonna go out. So I immediately started contacting people that I knew 
needed to know in advance that mm-hmm. it was definitely uh, going to end up in a, a grid down. Yeah, and, I guess it, <clears throat> it, it, uh, it affected, I, I guess, up to 800,000 people in California. Well, it did. Pretty, pretty massive, yeah. Yeah, it did, and and likely even more. Um, and uh, now uh, that the lights are back on in most areas, we're getting all kinds of reports, and we're getting that people have been throwing out uh, much of their food that has gone to waste in their refrigerators, and bears and other animals are coming out of the hills mm-hmm. and going into the trash cans. Um, we know that... Uh, this is massive, massive psychological warfare. Uh, PG&E uh, chose the exact day when they chose to burn us up exactly two years before that. In other words, on October 8th of 2017, PG&E started the fires here in Sonoma County, which we lost over 6,000 homes. And on the exact day, two years later, they put those tra- this traumatized community through a deliberate blackout. And what is uh, very interesting and sad, but real, is that the climate action plans that I have been reporting on now for years mm-hmm. are the documents that are approved in every city, everywhere, and I mean worldwide when I say everywhere, and they list what is going to occur as we are being incrementally and, con- and well, very slowly consolidated. And that's what this is. It's a consolidation of resources, the elimination of resources, and the allocation of what's left on a minimal basis. And obviously massive, massive uh, population reduction which we see in that Deagle.com military document where it has an interactive map um, about the types, uh, the different countries and the numbers of people that will be extinguished. And in the United States, by the year 2025, they're telling us that 83% of the population in the U.S. will be um, murdered. So the climate action plans are also murder documents. Mm And why do I say that? Because it's pretty simple. They're telling us that we must reduce our greenhouse gas emissions. Mm -hmm. The documents tell us that those greenhouse gas emissions must be reduced to around the level that existed in 1740. That's the year, 1740. That is before machinery and equipment. Mm-hmm. And we don't survive because many, many, and most people will die in that um, in that slow process. And what we face with the blackouts is is just um, and, and that blackout was an opportunity to test the system to see how people would react. Most people were encouraged by the counties. In fact. Um, some of the areas, uh, the um, jurisdictions even purchased uh, generators. There's an area called Calistoga that's very well known here, mm-hmm. just right. um, beyond um, Santa Rosa. And the city um, purchased 
uh, generators for the city, the town of Calistoga. And many people here were encouraged to purchase generators. But now, after the blackout, we're being told that the air quality was massively and negatively affected because of all of the pollution from the gas mm-hmm. of the generators. And what we know and what we see in the climate action plans and what we see in policies right now in play with uh Pacific Gas and Electric and the California Public Utility Commission is the request to transition all commercial vehicles from gas and diesel to electric because they're saying that this is a huge untapped market. And mm-hmm. right now they're working. This is Roth. This is. Um, it's interesting because people believe that there's regulators over Pacific Gas and Electric and that the Public Utility Commissions regulate over the utilities. They don't. (laughs) It's just a disguise that there's regulations. There's not. Uh, When we were frequenting the California Public Utility Commission back when we were trying to bring awareness around the smart meters, the California Public Utility Commissioner, Michael Peavy, uh, was caught in the – he had um, intel – uh, or FBI, whoever, whatever agency it was, go through his home and get documents because he had been um, making millions and millions of dollars overseas. Mm-hmm. And when he quietly disappeared from the California Public Utility Commission, he went to work for Solarin. And this is important, and this is part why we had the blackout. Solarin Corporation, S-O-L-A-R-E-N. Mm-hmm. And um, Pacific Gas and Electric is in the process right now of going into a new energy investment and uh, centralizing control for over the electric grid, which is why they had the global deployment of the global smart meter grid. And certainly that's predominantly already deployed worldwide, smart meters everywhere I've been to South America. I've seen smart meters. We've been to Russia. <laughs> We've seen smart meters. Mm-hmm. There's smart wow. meters in, in Ireland. Um, there's smart meters. Everywhere that we've gone, we've looked, there's smart meters. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> except for a few houses that I'm personally aware of, there aren't smart, smart meters because there are areas where you can opt out. We would recommend everybody do because that's part of the combustibility when the fires are set, mm-hmm. is they pulse and and, um, and cause ignition from the smart meters. Everyone that is listening, you can just type in smart meters and home fires on your search bar, and it will just cascade down all the countries, all the houses that have burned down. Right. So Pacific Gas and Electric turned the lights out. And um, this is what they're going to be doing because there's a big, um, massive, massive disruption in energy, um, in how energy is going to be doled out to us. Mm-hmm. And here's what it looks like, or here's what it is, because this is what we're told. Okay. Uh, we must now go to renewables, complete renewables. Uh, what that is here, where I am, it's geothermal because a half hour, 45 minutes 
we are near the world's largest geothermal operation. And they're figuring that we will um, get about 84% of our electricity from this geothermal plant. There's problems with the geothermal operations worldwide. Number one, uh, they emit a gas that is deadly. It, uh, even though it can um, leach out in the atmosphere, it gets into our bodies. There was a wastewater treatment plant in Central California that was um, eroding. The concrete had dissolved down to the rebar, and when they tested, they found the gas that is indigenous to the waste, uh, the geothermal operations, and it causes acid rain. But more importantly, it's it's like fracking. And when I go to the county boards and I tell them you're fracking us just a half hour away, they would rather I say they're injecting. And so here, uh, they're they've got pipes running 40 miles with booster pumps up the up to the hills, and they're pumping the uh, wastewater, the poop, urine, and pharmaceutical mm-hmm. with um, increased and undetermined pathogens in it, and they're injecting right. that into the bores, and they're causing daily earthquakes. And th- that's one of the key uh, electricity uh, requirements now in our areas from the geothermal. The second thing is solar. Now, the extreme blackout is going to scare people, and more people are going to pay for solar. In fact, you have to ask yourself anytime you're required by building or planning codes to do something, you have to wonder what's behind it. And in 2020, all new construction in the state of California is required to have solar. Now, solar itself, when you see the panels on roofs, many people think, well, if there's a a power shutdown, they're going to have electricity. No, Mm -hmm. they have to have battery backup. Yeah. That's a misconception, wouldn't you th- yeah, say? I mean, not... I'm there's sorry. A, I, have, I have solar panels, so there's a kill switch because the explanation that uh, Solar City gave me at the time was that they didn't want me pumping power into the lines once they were de energized. So, right. all the panels, unless you have a battery, all the panels, yeah, they, they switch off once the, uh, the lines are de energized. Right. Well, people are going to be um, concerned, and of course you're not um, producing solar when it's dark, or now with the increased solar dimming that's now in effect with the Bill Gates solar dimming program, uh, we're going to have to have our solar designed to greater capacity than what the engineers are told, because they are not uh, factoring in the increased solar dimming. So well, the, so, people, the solar dimming actually goes back quite quite a bit. It actually the the um, uh, global dimming actually started in the late fifties. Yeah, so it, and you're it's right. been something that they've been working on since the late fifties. That's true, yeah. and it's interesting. Um, I, well, I, I I don't want to go into that direction, but but I but I will for a moment. We were driving from the Bundy Ranch where we were reporting on the siege of the Bundy Ranch just north of of uh, Las Vegas a few years ago. And as we were driving through and past Las Vegas, they have that huge array there. 
and um, we we pulled off the side of the road and we did a little um, recording about it. And then only within four months or so, uh, we found an article that that was 40% underproducing than the engineers had spec'd because of all of the increased atmospheric, all the planes. They said the planes, and yet we were recording and and recording heavy, heavy alteration of the weather overhead, and so they don't factor that in. But to get back to where I want to go, there people are now going to be encouraged to have solar and battery backup, and that's very costly um, for most people, but if you want to um, sidestep the increasing power outages, which we're told they will increase, you're going to have to literally get uh, solar with battery backup, but the problem is the battery backup that they're recommending, and that would be the Tesla batteries. That's what's being promoted. And the combination of the solar and the Tesla batteries are a weapon. And what I mean by that is, is that the Tesla batteries are required to be mounted inside our garages or inside some structure near the house and they blow up, and it's like an, a suicide bomber going into a marketplace and pulling the cord, and shrapnel flies everywhere. That's what happens with the Tesla batteries, and um, shrapnel flies everywhere, and it takes a, a very long time uh, to put the fire out. In fact, most recently here in Santa Rosa, uh, in the community where I am, which is 60 miles north of the Golden Gate Bridge, the uh, junior college was announcing a number of weeks back that they were installing solar and they were also putting in the Tesla battery backup, but that they were advising the fire department that they were using the Tesla batteries so that the fire department would know that. And it was interesting and curious, and we don't have the lowdown on it yet, but with regards to the blackout, that that school was closed when the school right adjacent to it remained open. And it's a concern because you're connected to the Internet of Things with the Tesla battery backup and uh, to Wi-Fi. And literally, you can be, and you are, um, uh, through applications, remotely things are changed. And... Um, we have people, we know of people that were in the power outage area with a Tesla battery and solar setup, and they found it most interesting and concerning at the same time because in, when they weren't in the uh, power shutdown, their batteries were always showing 100% charge. But during the power shutdown, they were being held down to not exceed 95%, and then towards the second day, that was reduced remotely to only 93% charge. Mm -hmm. So um, what we're finding is, of course, the use of all of, of this system as a weapon because they blow up, when there are other battery choices that don't blow up, such as uh, silicon salt batteries. They don't blow up, and you don't have to um, mount them in your garage, which is insane. So we're in some trouble with the conversion 
to the solar and battery backup because, of course, that's what the government is going to make readily available. That is what the solar installers are going to be trained uh, to install, and mm-hmm. it's backed by the Department of Energy, and uh, it's going to roll out just like the LED light bulbs that cause blindness. Mm-hmm. So here we are in a power outage, and um, many smaller businesses were terribly um, hurt by this. Restaurant businesses lost a lot of refrigeration. Uh, towns were in go- were like ga- ghost towns because traffic lights weren't working. And there were lots of traffic accidents, and um, mm-hmm. it was a- an atmosphere. The atmosphere itself had this um, heightened sense of fear and urgency. And there were people lined up for blocks filling uh, up their cars with gas. There were fights at the gas stations. Uh, We found out later, actually just today, I learned that several neighborhoods were concerned of looting Mm -hmm. because after and during, well, actually during the fires of October Uh, 8th and 9th, when we really burned the heaviest of 2017, there were bus van loads of looters brought up from the Bay Area that were looting houses. And that was not discussed. No one really talked about it. But it's interesting that over the power outage, many people that are on next door, which, by the way, it's that community-based chat, that people can sign up for. Right. It's all it's right. all backed by the CIA and the Intel. So if you sign up for those kinds of things, map my neighborhood, next door, all of these kinds of things, just understand you're building your social credit score, and you're and you're uh, also uh, being identified for the things that you say you have uh, when you talk about things. But a next door chat that I was privy to seeing today. Uh, showed uh, photographs of signs that people made during the outages Mm -hmm. uh, saying that uh, we're armed, we'll shoot you, looters will be shot on sight. Mm -hmm. So people were feeling the strain of that kind of an event again. And Mm -hmm. typically when they've had massive power outages, such as in New York and other locations over the years, within a few hours they're they're there becomes mass rioting and mass looting. So we'll probably get more information. I will get more information as I investigate this further tomorrow because mm-hmm. I'll be going to the various meetings and the various departments, police, sheriff, fire, etc. will be, and Pacific Gas and Electric will be reporting at these meetings. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I will be there filming and putting this up on my website. And what I really would like people to do, power outages are going to become a normal occurrence everywhere, everywhere. And you may have been spared this time, but uh, we're told in the climate action plans that power outages will be the consequence of a heating climate because we're there's been too many people using too much stuff and we're destroying the planet. Right, global Which warming is- and all that. Yes. Yeah, which, of course, is not true. It's all weather weapons and technologies and the intentional pollution. I, I, have you guys taken a look at the report from Iron Mountain? Because it, it took a while for me to get to that. 
and but I did bring it up in my um, my smart meter talk way back at the conspiracy conference, mm-hmm. uh, where it divulges that uh, climate change and global warming was invented as a way in which to replace war, and they yeah. needed to create yeah. But yeah, people that are listening, if you haven't um, taken a look at the report from Iron Mountain, I would highly suggest that you do. It, you, it will explain to you what is happening now. And um, I did go to a couple of prior to the outages here, a week or so, two weeks maybe before the outages, they had that international students walkout strike on climate. And my husband and I went to a central area where the kids were ditching school to go and rally for more um, more effort to be put to save the planet because they're now being told that they're, they're going to die within 12 to 10 years. Right. And these kids are, are being made uh, – they're, they're mentally ill. I mean, that is truly what has happened in schools with these children because they've been um, orphaned by occupationally overworked parents and put in school as a daycare. And these kids have learned nothing but disinformation, and they believe it. And um, it's important to understand that they're, they're horrified. Their reality is horrifying. And um, so we're going to be putting that up on Stop the Crime our um, our filming of that. It's very sad to see. Very sad. But on StopTheCrime.net, I really want to bring attention to a couple of very important things that are developing. I certainly do have um, uh, more information on the power outage, the real story behind the historic power outage, and I would highly recommend that you all take a look at that. Uh, also, the um, city meeting that I attended the morning of the outages. You can hear me talk to the County Board of Supervisors. And I thought it was very interesting because the other speakers before me were filmed from the um, uh, filmed where you saw their face and they were talking into the camera. But when I walked up, they filmed the back of my head. And I didn't know that that's what they were doing. And I found that to be very, very interesting. So um, for those of you that want to go and film, talking to a group of, of, uh, of uh, people that look like they have the role of authority and they don't, all they're doing is just signing the documents that the staff is putting through that they're being told to approve. They're, they're puppets. They're all incorporated. They don't work for you, and you believe you've elected them, and they don't serve you. So I go into these meetings fully aware that that is our reality. They they have no opportunity to help to help us in any way, and they don't. They're bringing in these horrific agendas. And um, as I say, I went there that morning on on other items. One of the items that I'll share. Uh, and one of the reasons I went on October 8, 2019, was um, one of the cities here within the nine Bay Area cities in Northern California was being paid by Pacific Gas and Electric to abandon some gas lines. 
Now, I can say this. During the power outage, had it not been for the gas infrastructure that is still here, people during the outages would not have had hot water. They certainly didn't have lights, but uh, for the most part in the city areas, they had hot water. And even in the country with propane, you had hot water. But um, they're eliminating gas. In fact, all the new construction after the fires uh, is they're actually incentivizing the rebuilds to not build gas into uh, the rebuilds. And as I said earlier at the beginning of, the, of our discussion, that's what's happening right now with our cars. Gasoline and diesel are being eliminated. In fact, I have friends in Ireland, and a few months ago, they sent me the front page of the Irish News, and it said that um, many gas, gasoline and diesel cars are not allowed in certain areas of the larger cities in Ireland. They have to be electric. Really? So this is where we are going. Uh, our, our mode of transportation is being changed. Our ability to travel is being changed. When you hear them talking about um, Amazon and the different food delivery systems and the drones, this is quite quite serious in the sense that this is how we're changing. And what we will likely see is some of the larger food chains that we know, like say, for example, and I can't say for sure it would be this particular food chain, but it's one that I think everyone recognizes. It's the International House of Pancakes. Many of these restaurants will become kitchens only. They'll right. prepare so, so it'll be self-automated, so to speak? Yes. It's just like right now what they're doing in the Walmarts. They're um, putting in these chutes uh -huh. where you place your order and it just comes down the chute. Now, not that I'm saying that some of these innovations aren't aren't good, um, but what's happening is we're being replaced by mechanization, and our numbers are being reduced through genocide programs. So we are being replaced. Um, we're literally being discarded as a human race, and we're being replaced. In fact, I'm looking at some documents right now um, and I have a book called Wetware, <laughs> where we are just basically just cells, just wetware. And um, uh, they plan to control everything we do in our lives. And I think you know that, right? Yeah. I mean, everything. Everything. Right. It's uh, full spectrum dominance, sort of like what Ilana Freeland says in her uh, book. And, uh, yeah, and, and it also goes into transhumanism, too, obviously. Well, it does. In fact, um, I'll be reporting more on all of that. I've been staying close with the climate action plans because, sadly, I see such um, human death in the wake of these plans, and they're being implemented now, that I've been uh, attempting to warn people about what what they face and the kinds of, of things they need to do in order to survive. 
but I've been looking at documents about the post-humanism and how to identify property and law when it comes to entanglement with converging humans and digital bodies. (laughs) So, I mean, this is all happening. This is what is happening. And the NASA war document that I've talked about for years is all about robot cyborgs and eliminating humans. I don't know if the two of you have had a chance to take a look at that on StopTheCrime.net. I've done many, many, many radio shows on it. In fact, you know, um, Ron, this might be a great show for Clyde is to go over this NASA war plan. It is, it is, it is um, the genocide and transhumanism and cyborg replacement. In fact, mm-hmm. maybe you heard right now that the first, of, you know, this. The scientist that's dying wants to be um, uploaded. Have you heard about this is happening right now? If they can upload him, yeah, if they can upload him, he'll be the first official cyborg. But um, everything, and and I have a five-part YouTube uh, series that uh, is, is what I covered when I went to London a number of months ago. Gosh, time flies. I think that was about six months ago, actually. And uh, that's up on Stop the Crime, and it's called uh, Genocide is Legal and How Did This Happen? And it is a five-part series. It's like my book. Lots of people write books. I have a website, stopthecrime.net. I put documents on my website. I put information on my website that I get out of documents and I string the information together, and uh, I explain it with, when it's fully documented. So those are my books. And um, people have said, well, Deborah, why don't you write a book? Well, I do. They're on my website. They're yeah. on my videos. They're mm-hmm. on my videos. And mm-hmm. I couldn't write a book to cover everything that I've covered in all the videos that I've done over the years. Right. So that's what what I bring to the table are the, the, the YouTubes and StopTheCrime.net mm-hmm. and also PrimaryWater.org because um, not only is the plan to control everything, and social credit scores are already here in the United States. I mean, we, we know what's going on in China right now, and we're thinking, oh, my goodness, you get a 1,000 points, and that can get eliminated, and and uh, you can't ride a train or you can't go to certain restaurants. It will tell you what your point score has to be if you want to dine at a certain restaurant or what points you have to have if you want to uh, take a plane ride somewhere as opposed to uh, a train. Well, that's already starting to happen here, and we're seeing it in subtle ways. For example, when you go to the post office and you buy stamps or or you do a transaction at the window. They'll give you your receipt, and they'll say, please contact and rate your experience. Uh, Mm -hmm. Same thing at Staples, which is a huge, I think that's a chain that's all over the country. I'm not sure about that, but it's an office supply um, company. The same thing. You go there to Staples, and you buy something in, in your receipt, and the register... Uh, that's still a human will say, please, please uh, rate your experience here today and use this code because this will rate me. 
Right, on Uber um, too, when you use Uber. Yes, yep. If you use Uber, that's rated too. And I recently went to a bank and I found out um, because the bank managers told me that the tellers um, cause their rating as as bank managers. In other words, if a customer has a, a bad experience at a window with a teller, then that affects the credit score of the bank manager. And if their score goes down, they can lose their job. Jeez. Now, I did not know that until recently. Right. Well, it, it's like an episode of uh, Black Mirror, you know, that TV oh, yeah. series. Yeah, the first, the first, the first uh, uh, episode, first, first one, right? Yeah, yeah. And everybody's yeah. checking their their score, yeah. right? And, right. Uh, they're yeah. so worried. Even so dating. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Well, that's already happening here. We already have uh, pre pre crime set up. And we have the red flag laws already set up. So here during the blackouts is an example where they were looking and monitoring people for potential pre-crime activities. And that's why it's so dangerous to connect yourselves up to any of the government intel sites like Map Your Neighborhood or um, Nextdoor or WeChat. There's a number of things that are all intel. They're all massive data collections for all of everybody. And that will all be combined uh, into your social, your social score. So if you are not uh, following the illusion and uh, uh, obedient to the illusion, you can just imagine what types of good and ser goods and services you, that will be withheld. Because as they transition us from the currency that we have uh, to a digital currency, mm -hmm. um, life is going to become a credit score, a social credit score. But as we look at the blackouts, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, as we it's, look at the blackouts, we're going to see that rolling across the country. It's been rolling. They've been rolling across the world. We've seen blackouts everywhere. Brazil has been specifically targeted by the CIA and the United States. Uh, Brazil is being taken over because they're trying to plug the um, production of oil. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly the illusion that oil comes is a fossil fuel and comes from uh, dinosaurs. Uh, mm -hmm. They've got to create that illusion by not allowing other countries to continue to survive and have a growing, wonderful economy mm -hmm. on oil when it's a renewable. Right. Um, so Venezuela is is being um, decimated right now, right. along with Cuba. In fact, um, it was interesting because we uh, got into Cuba the day that the fires in Paradise started. We were in flight to Cuba, and we were watching the massive devastation of what was happening in Cuba, from Cuba. Uh, in in paradise, and it was painful, so painful, because we had gone through that here in 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 our community. In fact, the nights the night of the fires of October eighth and ninth of two thousand seventeen, we were driving in to help people evacuate, 
and we we had people staying in our home because they were uh, it was forced evacuation. And if you left your home, uh, you couldn't get back in because they had the National Guard preventing people from getting back in. If you didn't leave, you could stay. But if you left, you couldn't go back in. They were arresting people that were trying to go back in and see if their homes were still there, even if they had ID and they could prove that they were a resident of that area. They weren't allowed back in. And yet the looters were running through the burn zones in the droves because this is war. Mm -hmm. This is war. And it's strategic planning of warfare. When you roll out a fire or you roll out a blackout, you have other war contingencies in place. So we were told after the fires of 2017 that there were going to be many alert systems deployed, that was their words, deployed for our safety. And one such alert system that I actually was at a supervisor's meeting hearing them discuss it was what's now already deployed on many of several I think we have about 20 of them and of them is on the tops of some of the hills in strategic high locations there are cameras and they're lidar and they operate 24 7 367 they have infrared day and night and you can actually watch these um, on if you know the app um, or how to how to um, connect, you can actually watch and see what these cameras see in real time. Now, I will tell uh, you and your audience that as a result of the outages, I am planning to go up to a location where I know one of these uh, LIDAR cameras are. LIDAR uh, is a military frequency for battlefields, and it is a deadly frequency. It's the same frequency that is in the autonomous vehicles. And uh, it's a frequency in the autonomous vehicles that pulses out a million times a second and surveys its surroundings so it won't crash. And then that information comes back to the onboard computer. So you can think of an, of an auto autonomous vehicle as just a computer on wheels. That's all it is. But but we as um, as human beings cannot absorb that type of frequency. We die. And um, um, I don't want to deviate from the blackouts, but I'm going to do it in this way. Uh, we're also going to be experiencing blackouts because we're being made to become blind. And what do I mean by that? It's horrific. But the Department of Energy and all of your cities in your climate action plans are requiring, and your building and your planning codes now, are eliminating the original um, light bulb, the incandescent light bulb. All light bulbs now must be LED. And LED lights cause blindness. They cause many things, actually. Um, I've done a YouTube on that. It's called LED lights. Mm -hmm. um, a silent weapons assault, I think that's what we call it. And um, what what happened with this discovery is merely going to the ophthalmologist and looking at this little trifold that was kind of behind a, a number of other things and 
looking at it and going, oh my goodness, and finding out that you can prevent the assault of the LED lights on your eyes by getting blue tech lenses. Now you can order those through Amazon. They can fit over your eyes when you're on your screens because of the blue light off of your computer. Um, all your wireless components, all of that is blue light. So are many now of the headlights in cars and the street lights. They're all weaponized. It's all um, a silent weapons assault of frequencies everywhere. So in order to protect our eyes, because they're making us blind. Now on StopTheCrime.net, I interviewed, um, it, and one of the interviews is called, um, let's see, what did I call it? Um, well, one is called Blinded by the Light, and society is becoming blind intentionally, and that's a plan. Um, another one is called Virtual Reality Headsets. So as you are becoming blind, that's a tool that's being offered to people who have impaired vision. And I put this headset on. You can watch me in, in this um, video that we shot uh, at a blind center that was um, promoting all the various tools for visually impaired and blind people. And then I interviewed um, a man that was blind, and he calls himself the blind guy. Mm -hmm. So I named the interview the Blind Guy Interview. And what is unbelievable is that he has started a company of um, augmented reality where it, it's called the last 50 feet. Blind people, when they're taken somewhere in an Uber or dropped off at the curbside, they have a difficult time getting into a building, identifying the restrooms where they are, male or female. And with, when you supply a tremendous amount of personal data, you can get defined directions through this system that this man is promoting. Now, he came from Atlanta, and he was talking about this. And I was, I was stunned because at first I did not know he was blind. He was tracking and looking at us, and mm -hmm. then when he said he was blind, um, I asked him, "Well, what? You know, how how is it that you're still tracking?" He's only been blind about four years, but interestingly enough, he was an ophthalmologist prior to becoming blind, and so he's being used now for um, experimentations and for tools of virtual and augmented realities. And that's what we all face, is um, limited eyesight. And um, that is being um, dealt to us through the Department of Energy, through your cities, through the climate action plans, through your building and planning plans. They're requiring deadly light bulbs for the sake of reducing greenhouse gas emissions and changing the weather. Right. Those uh, I know those LED lights... And also, you know, fluorescent lights affect me in a, in a negative way. Uh, I usually get uh, anxiety or panic attacks, actually, if I'm around those type of lights for a prolonged period of time, probably because of the well, pulsing. Yeah, I'm glad you're bringing that up, Ron, because in that trifold that I referenced um, and in that video that I have up, LED lights, the silent weapons assault, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I go over the various um, types of effects that people experience from the LED lights, and I can recommend if when you shop at um, Home Depot or any of the big box stores, they're using the LED lights. And right, Target, I have, know. Target yeah. as well. Yeah. And they're even now putting them in gas stations. So it's very important for everyone to protect their eyes and get the blue tech lenses. Again, you can order them at Amazon. You can get them for $6. You can get mm-hmm. the type that will fit over your per, per, your prescription glasses through Amazon. I think they're around $26. Or you can go to your ophthalmologist and ask about getting the blue tech uh, uh, lenses in your prescription glasses. The, I describe our, our future like this mm-hmm. because of the climate action plans. Because I, I lived on a boat, and um, we were in, in rough seas, and we had a checklist of the things that we needed on the boat should we ever uh, end up uh, floundering. We were a sailboat, so we could easily you know pitch pole and go end over end and wipe the masts off. And so we had life rafts, and we had a dinghy, and we had life vests, and we had um, uh, lights that we would clip um, on our, our, you know, on our different types of jackets and things. And we had food and rations and water and flares, all kinds of survival um, tools. Right. And, um, and we're in a storm. We're not out at sea, but we're on mm-hmm. land. Mm-hmm. And we need survival tools. Uh, people don't think that way, but we're at war. It's a silent weapons system. Mm-hmm. It is fully engaged, and it is under mass assault every single day on about every single thing that we do. So in order to survive going forward so that we can do the next best right thing every single day as we are here now as humans, which I believe that's our job, um, is to understand what we need to survive on, on land. And we're going to need water. And I'd like to get into that a bit because that's what's going to be coming under extremely uh, and exceedingly enormous assault. Mm-hmm. Just like with petroleum, calling it fossil fuel with and, and telling us it's a limited resource. Mm-hmm. For those of you that have not watched the YouTube Origins of Oil by um, F- Fletcher Prouty, I mm-hmm. would recommend that you do, and I would recommend you share it with everyone you know, particularly young kids that have gone to school and mm-hmm. have been lied to. They need to know the truth, and the only way they're going to get to the truth is, number one, obviously, I think they should no longer be in school. I think you you teach your kids by day-to-day living, practical, real, real practical, uh, non-delusional types of, of, of facts. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to come out of school. That's not coming out of school. Our, our kids are being, being made depressed. Uh, they're literally becoming mental Ill, mentally ill. There's enormous rates of suicide now. Uh, because the kids look at their parents that had, in many instances, some moderate degree of success, business success in their lives, and they're getting out of school oftentimes with tremendous school debt, debt that they can't flip hamburgers and make enough money to pay back their government student loans. And this is all set up. Mm-hmm. It's all set up to do that, to hold the kids down, and they don't realize 
that the, it's all rigged, that there's there's not a functioning way to survive with the way this has all been rigged. And I would highly recommend everybody read Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. It's about a 45-page document, large print, single-sided pages. I would, I would recommend everybody read that and take a look at the report from Iron Mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, believe we, I, can, I believe we have that up on uh, paranoiamagazine.com. <clears throat> there's a number, yeah. There's a number of things that uh, that he put out that are on paranoiamagazine.com. Yeah, excellent. Well, I think uh, we don't have time, in my opinion, the amount of time I've spent understanding what I now understand when I didn't understand before, mm-hmm. and I have to say I did not understand when I didn't know. And when we started to uh, see some of the of the outrageous um, situations and operations, my husband and I actually went back to Washington D.C. and went to the records department. Mm-hmm. And we went there knowing that if this particular document that we wanted to see if it was actually there, that if it was, our lives w- would change forever. And we told, we had an emergency meeting with our family and friends. We explained. And if we came back with that document, it was game on Mm -hmm. and old game over. Mm -hmm. And we found that document in Washington, D.C. And um, I I hold that up in a number of the YouTubes I have up. I have, um, I did a YouTube uh, about flu I forget the name of it, but you can go to stopthecrime.net and find all of the YouTubes that we've done. And I hold that document up. It's about two and a half inches thick. And the idea of that document was um, Congress had given um, the authority to the Department of Defense to conduct chemical and biological testing on the American civilian population without their knowledge or consent. And when I actually found that in Washington, D.C. at the Records Department and then confirmed a multitude of operations and types of things that have been used on us in various cities, for example, Operation Sea Spray, S-E-A Spray, was conducted over San Francisco in the early 50s, giving um, um, female disease, urinary tract infection. They had nothing to help with that at the time. And that's what they did. And many other tests all over the country and using water to poison the water. And um, more importantly, what I want to say about water, and this is going to sound outrageous, and it was to me, um, I didn't know that water was a renewable because we've been sold on the idea that water comes from rain and snowmelt. And when I found out that water is actually created by the process of hydrogen and oxygen, is that comes together and turns into vapor and must surface, it's below the mantle of the earth and, and it surfaces, into hot and cold springs and geysers that spray up out of the ground forever. Um, beautiful cascading mountaintop um, 
waterfalls in the Hawaiian Islands where those beautiful ponds are and oases and deserts. There's also a great place I want to go to. It's called Fly Geyser, F-L-Y Geyser. And I want to say, I think I remember it's like in Nevada. It could be Arizona, but I think it's Nevada. And what what happened was about 100 years ago, the farmer or rancher was uh, drilling for a well, and, he, and they hit hot water, so they capped it off. And eventually the well cap blew off. And um, if you type in fly geyser, you're going to see a magnificent, <laughs> it's magnificent, um, how this, the minerals have piled on top of each other and how you see these amazing geysers. It's quite beautiful, actually. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's, 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 um, it's why one of the reasons besides um, lithium and other minerals why we attacked and took down Libya as we did and killed Muammar Gaddafi because he wanted to separate off from the bankers and not have the dinar. Uh, he wanted it backed with gold. And uh, he also used the oil revenue for his people. You know, actually, can you believe that a leader would use the resources for their own people? And um, he did, and he did this wonderful labyrinth of plumbing under the desert floor. And he was turning the desert green by uh, all the farming because he hit primary water, and that's the renewable water. And we have that website, primarywater.org. And you can um, listen to Momar Haddafi's story. You can also watch uh, them actually digging and laying the pipe in the desert for what he called the Great Man-Made River Project. At the time, it was noted as the eighth wonder of the world. We blew it up. And we threw Libya in a massive humanitarian crisis because a number of the towns had, you know, certainly been benefiting from the primary water as their primary water source, and they were cut off from water. We also um, blew up the well drilling equipment that Muammar Gaddafi had purchased from London. We claimed that it looked like missile launchers. No, no, no. We knew we were blowing up the well drilling equipment. Mm -hmm. So it's important that I underscore this because the blackouts will increase. So all of you need to be prepared. You need to have battery backup, but you must also keep in mind that they're eliminating gas. So buy your, your battery backup with that in mind or your, or your generators with that in mind. Uh, We'll have gas for a while because it's going to take a while for them to completely eliminate it, but they have um, a timetable. And you hear about UN Agenda 21, UN Agenda 2030, so on and so on. Those are timetables for the elimination of resources for us. Mm -hmm. They base everything on deep ecology, and we're to be given no more no more resources than what is necessary for vital human existence. And everything is created equal. Humans and animals, rocks, it's all equal. So this is the basis of the genocide plans and the climate action plans. 
that all of your cities have approved for you. And they're coming now after all of us Mm -hmm. with requirements to reduce the greenhouse gas emissions because they have target dates where Mm -hmm. they have to reduce the emissions. And it's interesting because right below the fold of the announcement that there were 800,000 people that were in the dark when they shut the power off was uh, how the United States has fallen behind in its its uh, climate change measures, and it needs to do more. I also found recently as well, during the whole blackout, uh, again, that uh, one of the main reasons is our cars. Now, when you look at the climate action plans, you see pie charts in all the plans, in all of them, or you'll see it written out what their goal is for every city. And the goal is the, is the same in all the cities. The first target is transportation. Transportation must be eliminated. All gasoline must be eliminated in diesel. That's unsustainable. The second target is residential homes. That's unsustainable. We have to retrofit all the homes. The homes, and what I mean by retrofitting and What I'm going to do right now is I'm actually going to go over an insert that I just received inside my Pacific Gas and Electric uh, bill, and I'm going to encourage every single one of you to go through your bills every time you receive them because they're telling you in the bills Mm -hmm. what you're going to have to do to retrofit, and you're not going to look at it as retrofitting, but I'm going to explain what it is so that then you'll understand, because Mm -hmm. this is most important, absolutely most important. So uh, what they're talking about is uh, rebuilding our community, and they tell us we have limited time remaining, Mm -hmm. That um, and and this is uh, incentives. They're giving up to $17,500. Um, if you eliminate gas, for example, in your homes. Well, they've now already presumably allotted uh, the 17500 to the individual homes. Only a few homes were able to um, apply and receive that incentive. We don't know if it was really ever given out. But what they're asking for is for an all-electric home and an advanced energy home. Build a home that is more more energy efficient than the current code. Now I'm going to tell you what that means. Uh, it says plus wire for future solar and electric appliances. So all homes are going to have to be built um, more energy efficient than the current code, the building code. So I'll explain that. Uh, I've attended a number of meetings, and luckily, unfortunately, or maybe not for me, uh, because I was in self-employed family uh, building business for over 30 years, and I'm third-generation building family, and I grew up with my dad and my grandfather, who were builders, and that's all I heard around the table was building, building, building. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I understand the um, the building and planning uh, information. I understand all of that language. So um, they have what they call now REACH codes, R-E-A-C-H codes. 
That means reaching beyond the current codes. And they can approve and have approved now here codes eliminating gas. So they're going to require every single home in the United States and every single home everywhere worldwide to eliminate gas. And not only do you have to eliminate gas, you have to put in duo pane windows. Those are the double glazed windows. Um, I'm going to point this out because it's not, but we discovered after the fires that the high efficiency, low E energy windows that the Department, that the Department of Energy Inc. in USA Inc. is backing starts fires. Now you may go, what do you mean? Windows start fires. Well, exactly what I said. The high efficiency, low E energy windows start fires. I have a full article on that in my email blast out tab on stopthecrime.net because after the fires of 2017, some of my family members purchased homes immediately because they knew it would be years before they would ever be able to rebuild. And during that period of time, there was benzene in the water supply on the burned out mountains. FEMA had over excavated, had exceeded the cost of uh, putting back the footings, uh, then there exceeded what the insurance was gonna pay because uh, again, FEMA uh, damaged the properties, damaged wells when they were taking out, quote unquote, the debris. Now people are starting to get bills uh, that exceeded what their insurance policies paid. And they're being told that they don't have to pay those bills. It's only showing the, um, the homeowners that lost their homes what they would have had to pay, but the county's picking it up, the state, the government's picking it up. We're bankrupt. We're in a, a war economy. And I can tell you all of our cities are and will be further in, in, in debt uh, because of the weapons assault that they call climate change. This is all weapons. This includes uh, the, um, the intentional collapse of reservoirs mm -hmm. and dams. That's all been planned. Yeah. The, yeah, the intention. I mean, I have all these things up on Stop the Crime. I could go forever. But getting back to the retrofitting for your homes, because this is what everyone's going to face. Um, if you have uh, air conditioning that is uh, gas, you're going to have to convert to electricity. And that includes um, some additional electrical work by an electrician in order to accommodate that conversion, not only from the air conditioning system, but if you have uh, a gas range, you have to convert to electric too. Mm -hmm. Now, there, uh, there is an exception under the REACH code that I found unbelievably insane. If you insist on having a gas range, for example, maybe you've purchased a wolf gas range and you're a chef and you love gas and you've spent six or six to 10,000 for a range, mm -hmm. you can still have it, but you have to pay uh, a tax for greenhouse gas emissions. Boy. And they're gonna assess that. So what's, what's happening now? Mm -hmm. is the climate action plans outline 
what the requirements are to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and the percentage mm -hmm. of required reductions in every single city. It shows the pie charts of what uh, they consider to be the highest assault and release of greenhouse gases. And that's all been approved. These plans are all approved. Now they're hiring more code enforcement officers and uh, to go through the communities to start enforcing these plans. So they'll start, of course, in the building departments where they have microfiche of all the buildings, all the all the um, plans that were built on, you know, that, that were built in the area. And so they'll be able to tell when the when that house was built and what is likely an infringement on your neighbor in the in the community. In other words, how that house will infringe upon creating weapon uh, weather events that everyone else will suffer. So they're going to go out, they're going to uh, write up uh, the code violations, and you'll be given a specific amount of time to address those violations. In many instances, it could be, and not all of these things are, are bad things to do. Don't get me wrong. Some of these things are very good. It makes a, a, a cheaper house to live in in many circumstances. But you would not want to put in the high energy efficient windows. There are other windows to put in that are duo glazed because the low E high efficiency windows, and it's a certain window, um, literally uh, creates a magnification on the side of the house where these windows mm -hmm. are set. And it will beam out and it will hit wherever that beam is aimed. And you've got to consider we have uh, higher levels of heavy metals in the atmosphere from the aerosol spraying. Mm -hmm. So those beams become very hot. And when you type in your search bar on your computer, low E energy windows and fires, it just cascades. People's windows are burning their neighbors' houses. People's windows are burning their neighbors' parked car in front of their neighbors' house because that's where the beam focuses. And how I heard all about this was by accident. One of the fire uh, victims that lost their home and, re and repurchased a home had um, had a fire start in an unoccupied, newly built model home right next door. And the entire backyard, the wooden fence, and all of the mulch ignited. And <clears throat> the people in the neighborhood were out there with fire hoses. They called the fire department. They managed to extinguish the flames with the help of the fire department that had to break in the under uh, the crawl space under the house and put the fire out under the house. It was getting ready to take that house down completely, these windows. And the fire department said it was a freak of nature. They didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. But after researching, they found out that these windows cause fire. The And none of the window companies, I mean, I'm talking about the high-end window companies, will admit that the, these windows cause fires. There's something huge behind this. They're intended to cause fires. And uh, in the only place at all that we have found any mention uh, is the Trex manufacturing installation books. The Trex is a, a wood deck material, a, a, a compo, compo 
type wood deck. Um, and they're saying do not uh, install this deck near low uh, energy efficient low E windows because it will catch on fire. People have burned up their deck, um, their patio, uh, deck chairs, and so forth. This is very serious. And as we are being set up on with weather weapons, homes are being destroyed, windows are being blown out, and people are replacing them. In fact, when I first blew this email blast out out, I was getting calls from people from Montana that had had severe windstorms and towns had lost, you know, maybe 50 homes that had windows, one or, one or another, blown out. And they found out after replacing their windows that they had replaced them with the low E energy efficient windows and they didn't know it because no one tells them. So now you know, you've been told. And I would share this far and wide. Again, you can share that email blast out where I discuss this in detail. Okay. So uh, part of the retrofitting will be replacement of windows, replacement of uh, doors, uh, added um, weather stripping to prevent um, escape of heat and air. Um, many good things, but potentially very expensive, but not to worry about the cost. Rothschild and Rockefeller, and I kid you not, have come in with the remedy if you can't afford the cost, which is going to arrange the average house to do this retrofitting is going to be around twenty to $30,000. That's mm -hmm. the average house. Now, if you have heat and air equipment on a second-story roof, that has Freon, you've got to get that equipment off, so you need a crane. So you're going to have to get that equipment off, mount new equipment, and uh, that's going to cost, just in and of itself, my latest estimate is $11,000, just to replace the heat, the heat and air equipment, if you're in an area that you have to have air conditioning, and it's on the second floor, or on the roof of the second floor. 11 grand. But not to worry, you're given 30 days to comply. And in Los Angeles, if you do not comply to the retrofitting requirements in 30 days, they take 50% of your rent. I wow. kid you not. That's crazy. Yep. And beyond that, right now in Pasadena, in Southern California, right near where I used to live, they're writing in earthquake retrofitting code requirements for structures that were built uh, in the early 1960s and before. And sadly, any of these owners that own buildings in that vintage are going to have to seismically upgrade um, their buildings. And that's going to devour the equity, what many retirees are living off of. It's going to destroy the value of their properties. Because there is no engineer that's going to design an earthquake retrofitting without overkill because they have to sign off on it. And that's going to, in some instances, again, dependent upon the size of the project, minimum hundreds of thousands of dollars. This is happening right now. These are codes. Mm -hmm. These are policies going through right now. And here in Sonoma County, and here where you are, they're, imp they're allowing you loans. And I, I said a little bit ago, but not to worry, Rothschild and Rockefeller, we're going to help you out. Well, Right, yeah. they have the solution, right? Part of the dialectic model right there. 
Well, they do, and here's the loan program. It's called the PACE, P-A-C-E. And this is why I was attending the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors on October 8th of 2019 when I found out they were announcing the power outage because they were approving the PACE loans, and there's many different divisions of the PACE loan, um, to the rural country areas in Sonoma County. In other words, the counties and cities have to approve these loans in order for them to fund in their jurisdiction, and here's why. And it's a skillful, it's a brilliant plot. It is such a scheme. It is such a predatory loan, and people will be forced to take these loans because they will be required to retrofit, and here's how these loans work. Um, number one, they're not explained, so people are really unaware of how predatory they are. But uh, it becomes a loan that is tracked through the property tax uh, assessor's office in your city or county because it is a, a lien on your property. It supersedes the lien of the mortgage. Let me explain. Usually when you get a loan and you've got a mortgage, that loan, a new loan, would be in second position behind the mortgage. Not Rothschild and Rockefeller. Oh, no. They're first position. What that means is if you have trouble paying, and because people are becoming more unemployed, people will be having trouble paying, they're asset stripping, and they're in, in, in requiring increased debt to live with a roof over your head. So people will have trouble paying, and it's a way in which to foreclose because they'll be able to foreclose with the way these loans are rigged through the uh, tax assessors more rapidly than if it was a mortgage, and the length of time to foreclose on mortgages takes quite a bit of time. This they can foreclose immediately. Hmm. Wow. And the loans cover... In, in they cover this. They cover seismic retrofitting, mm -hmm. energy retrofitting, and um, let's see, I think I said seismic ret retrofitting, energy retrofitting, and water conservation. Now, here in California in 2020, just in a few months, we're having uh, the plan is to have allocated water um for every person. In other words, we will not be allowed to use more than 55 gallons per person per day. Now, a number of people have tried that to see where, where they fall. They're squeezing water out of wash rags, and they're not able to get uh, their water consumption, gosh, less than 170 uh, gallons per person per day. And when they called the water department, and the water department quizzed them on their water use, and they said, well, you know, I've got plants outside and so forth. The water department said, well, you can't water your outside plants. That's interior use only. <laughs> so this is part of the 1960 CIA Memorandum for Weather Control, which includes reducing the oxygen by eliminating the plants. Yeah. Wow. You know, you, you cover so many different things. It's so multifarious, this whole agenda 
that it's a, essentially, it's an yeah, it's an, an octopus, octopus. But I mean, you know, I remember back in '92 uh, when they mm -hmm. had the uh, Rio summit, and uh, and uh, Maurice Strong said we need to reduce the Earth's population by about 80 percent by whatever means necessary. And you know, at the time, I'm just thinking, oh yeah, well, sure. But I mean, this is all coming to fruition now. And so, Deborah, I always wanted to ask you, with all this stuff that you know, that's so morbid and, and depressing, how are you able to just keep going? I mean, I would be just so depressed. Well, I, I call it truth trauma. The, uh -huh. There is no getting around the fact that it's diabolical. Yes. And it is um, very troublesome for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do get depressed at times. I'll come across something new, which is mm -hmm. what I'm working on right now. I'm working on something right now that is horrific. Um, but and and every time I find something, I think I should expect it, you know, because that's what happens. They roll into me, mm -hmm. and um, I I think of it like this: I'm wa I'm continually walking up a staircase, and something will hit me. And it'll be mm -hmm. very painful, and then right. I'll be very depressed, and mm -hmm. I'll just have to stop on the staircase for a while till I recover. Right. But I keep walking up the stairs because I want to know um, what what's happening. I, I want to find it. I want to see it, and I and so I find it, mm -hmm. and I it, it's troubling. But I think what I can do with that information is hopefully help people survive longer, right. make, different make different choices. Mm -hmm. And I think most importantly, one of the, one of the big, big um, opportunities is just to realize you have to love the people you love the most even more. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think we have to really define our relationships and our mm -hmm. families yes. and understand the value there differently than before mm -hmm. and there are proactive um, tools that we can certainly do to preserve things a bit longer because right. we are being we are being eliminated mm -hmm. by all means right from every direction and but there is there is hope and there are solutions that are actually uh, feasible and attainable, but it's just that, unfortunately, that I think there's just so much cognitive dissonance because of the uh, just the trauma overload that people are facing. That's just too much to bear sometimes. But I think you're right. Yeah, the the more truth that we try to disseminate in, in a in an object in an objective manner, I think the better off we are in the long run. It's just trying to deal with it initially. You know, like you said, you have to at times. Agreed. Well, it's true, and I think we help one another by having these types of discussions because mm -hmm. there's a lot of us out there. And I think when they hear th this kind of a discussion or what Clyde does on his shows and what I do on many shows, mm -hmm. I think it helps people because they realize they're not alone in this horrific reality. Mm -hmm. They're out of the illusion or getting out of the illusion. Right, and right. I remember you remember Dr. Stan Monteith, right? Who had oh, yes. Liberty uh -huh. yeah. 
I just adored that man. He was really, be, be, between he and Anthony, um, Dr. Stan was a real mentor for me. And I was on his show frequently. In fact, during the last period of time of his life, I I did a lot of hours of radio with him on his program. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the documents that I supported with him, and I really highly recommend everyone read as well, not only, as we talked earlier, the report from Iron Mountain and then Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, mm -hmm. but... The New World Order Exposed, 1969, by an insider. And that's a free download on the source document tab of okay. StopTheCrime.net. Okay. That's New World okay. Order Exposed. We'll check it out. Yeah. Absolutely. And he always, he always said this, and I loved this. He said, whenever he opened up a show, he said, bringing you the story behind the story, the news behind the news, hoping to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and illusion is usually king. But in the battle for the survival of civilization, it will be reality, not illusion or delusion, that will determine what the future will be. That's very powerful word. Very. So, and I think, I think that's where we are, don't you think? Yeah. Very much so. So I want so, to just make a few final comments about water. I talked about retrofitting. I've got lots of videos up about retrofitting. I go over climate action plans ad nauseum. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to talk about water because water is the next heavy assault. They're going to be telling us that we're running out of water, that it is a fossil water we're running out. And uh, they link it to rain and snowmelt. Of course, they... Um, they handle and control the weather, so that is rain and snow melt is within their purview of control, and they do. And so they're going to call snow melt all kinds of new names, um, and snow drought they're now going to start calling. They're, they're coming up with this new vocabulary to fit this new um, type of reality that they're creating through technologies and weapons systems. So they're creating this whole new vocabulary for us. and um, But we're not running out of water. We have plenty of water. We're the water planet. We're all standing on top of water. And the depth of where you get water is just determined by the, ge ge the geological structures underneath. And you can get to primary water easily in most cases. And oftentimes it surfaces. Um, Again, as I said, in geysers and in hot and cold springs, um, waterfalls out of volcanic hilltops, etc. And we have an, a very good YouTube up. It's called Primary Water Explained. And I think you should post that because and have people look at that because people need to understand the truth about water. Mm -hmm. If they start believing like with fossil fuels, fossil water, they're never going to know the truth. And it is up to us that we get the truth out, right. that our kids learn we're not running out of everything. We're not using everything up. Granted, things have been intentionally polluted, and we are being extinguished. There's that. But mm -hmm. we're not running out of things. 
and um, we've got to get our kids out of school and teach them the truth. So primary water, and the reason I'm really promoting the awareness of the facts about water is because of the allocations coming. They're mm-hmm. going to start reducing the amount of water we can use. And right. what, what they will do is because they can overpump some aquifers and make it appear they'll cause subsidence, which they're doing. Subsidence is when they overpump an aquifer and the ground starts to cave in. And they'll say, oh, it's overpumped, subsidence. That area is dried up. You can't live there anymore. The health department, I've read EPA documents that says when when you don't have water on your land, uh, the health department will come out and deem it unhealthy for you to be there, and you will be relocated to an area of potable water. Now, I don't know if you were aware, but there are a lot of executive orders. Our country is run by executive orders. Congress has nothing to do with anything. There's an excellent YouTube that people that doubt that need to watch. It's called um, The Swamp. And it is a three-part YouTube series about newly elected congressmen that come into their respective offices in Washington, D.C., and uh, they find out very quickly that they don't have anything to say about anything. In fact, if they don't approve what the staffers write and put before them and vote the way they're told, they are they become targeted individuals. And what I mean by that is their future careers beyond being a congressman is uh, destroyed. They're destroyed. And um, so that's what we have. We don't have a government. In fact, we are the enemy. I hope I hope you guys cover that. Uh, Senate Report nine three five four nine talks about how we are the enemy, and we need to understand we obviously are, because we wouldn't be being set up on by poisonous water, poisonous food, poisonous air, requirements to be vaccinated with poison and viruses. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, eye blinding lights um, now right. pricing us out of our homes all of the things that we're being set up on war with weather weapons and everything else if we weren't the enemy mm-hmm. wow. so we've got we've wow. got to prepare we've got yep. to know yeah, we've yeah. got to get to water and we've got to tell everybody we know that's in the country you've got to get to water if you have family members that have country properties help them understand the truth about water, uh, get some drilling operations going, get some additional wells drilled, go in together as as families, as communities, get water. Mm-hmm. Because right now there are a number of areas in California already that have put moratoriums, placed moratoriums on well drilling. You can't move around a well drilling rig very easily. They're huge and they're noisy. And once they put the moratoriums up, you're not drilling. Mm-hmm. So I can only say right now, while you, while many people that hopefully will hear this, mm-hmm. uh, they need to get to water. And you don't have to drill deep in many instances, mm-hmm. but get to water. Right. So well, I can't underscore that enough. I have a YouTube up called um, 
Water wars, stealing water for profit and control. Water wars, stealing water for profit and control. Please watch that. I did that a few years ago. I found documents um, out of Israel and London that talk about the intention to allow the infrastructure to fail. This is what we're seeing with the gas. That's why San Bruno and just outside of San Francisco blew up. They're allowing the gas infrastructure. Everything is failing. And now they're telling us, because of climate change, the global infrastructure was built for a climate prior to climate change. Right. Well, that's, that's all. Wow. <laughs> that's still a lot. So sleep well. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, freak out now. So where where can people find this stuff again? Well, uh, they can go to stopthecrime.net, go to my YouTube video um, page. I have okay. uh, that five-part YouTube video series. I go through much of this. Um, don't skip the parts. Start at part one and go through part five. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about how the coastlines are under attack how the military is relocating all of the low-lying military bases to higher ground because they're using technologies in the ocean in similar ways, different technologies, but technologies nonetheless, Mm -hmm. like they're doing overhead in the sky. And people are unaware of what they're doing in the oceans. Mm. Well, it sounds like your website is just packed full of information. I think people need to go check it out and read it you know, see see what you're talking about because I mean it's wow, it's so much information. <laughs> we need to get an article too in Paranoia Magazine. Yeah. Right. absolutely. Well, we just got started, guys. I mean, there's a whole lot more. But what we do need to know is that I do have um, a really good YouTube up right now. It's a very generic YouTube. It's about, it's called, it's up on again, stopthecrime.net. It was recently posted Mm -hmm. on our YouTube video channel. It's called Fire and Power Outage Preparedness Meeting. Mm -hmm. Now, it's generic. What do I mean by that? I'm not talking about weather weapons. Either is um, Matt, who is the 30-year retired fire captain. He was involved in the fires here in 2017. He knows that these were directed energy weapons. Mm-hmm. the blowing of, up of smart meters, um, arsonist. He knows the whole story. And we went up to Paradise uh, with uh, Matt, another uh, retired fire captain, and my husband and myself. And we we found evidence of uh, smart meters that blew up in Paradise. Having said that, um, that YouTube, again, fires, power outages, preparedness meeting, is generic. We're not talking about things that the average person that is unaware would uh, cringe about and not want to hear. The purpose of that um, information was to have everyone prepare. Um, They don't need to know that their smart meters are being pulsed and they're going to blow up. (laughs) They just need to start preparing. And we wanted to encourage that because the level of preparedness that your neighbor does at the end of the day is going to impact you. Mm-hmm. And um, 
we're not recommending that people organize um, on Facebook or on Map Your Neighborhood or uh, Nextdoor or any of the Intel sites that are being set up because those Intel sites request a lot of data. They want to know uh, in your neighborhood um, where are the people that um, are disadvantaged, physically disadvantaged, what you know, their names, the address in the neighborhood, et cetera. Who has what supplies in the event of, a, of an emergency of some type of a disaster? What physical capabilities do people have, et cetera, et cetera. This is sectionalizing us. We're in a takedown. This is war. Mm-hmm. And they are identifying down to our neighborhoods, house to house. Right. Well, it's again, you know, this this has been a lot of information. So hopefully <laughs> our, our our listeners will check out your site and uh you know, digest it. I think it's gonna take a while to digest some of this stuff, but you know, go check out well, the I'm site. Not, you know, I was laughing but I wasn't laughing. Um I, I know it was a lot of information and no, that's uh, and, good. The reason, and the reason that's I good. really like to get it out like this is because I really see we don't have a tremendous amount of time. Mm-hmm. Now, I know people right. have said this uh, a lot, but I see it rolling so quickly right. because I see more weather assaults worldwide. Mm-hmm. I see homelessness right. increasing around me. In yeah. fact, Santa Rosa, where I am, is in the top ten of the homeless areas in the United States. I don't know where we are in the top 10, but we're in the top 10 because mm-hmm. of fires and floods. We they right. they're not homeless. These are in most instances climate refugees and fire and flood refugees. Now people tell me, "Well, Deborah, you know there's drug addicts and so forth." Well, I will tell you. There are many people I know if they got burned out or flooded out and had to live under a bush, they would need drugs too. Yeah. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. When life gets yeah. that minimized mm-hmm. and you become that demoralized, um, I, I don't know how else you would easily cope. Mm-hmm. I sure. mean, I think after the information I just get, gave, a lot of people might need drugs. <laughs> but I, I can only tell you that it's all true. And what is so crazy is our county, we're in the wine country. Mm -hmm. Um, We just called in the real estate show this morning, which is something else people can do. Uh, We call in radio talk shows all the time. And you have to get through the call screener. That's a bit of an art. But once you do, you can get information out uh, that is important for your community to hear. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, an example of that was um, on a real estate show here today. Uh, They open up talking about the listings in the area and the numbers of sales. And they were 15 minutes into an hour show and never mentioned the power outages. Not one word. So um, one of my friends called in and said, well, let me ask you, how are the outages going to affect real estate prices? How are people going to feel being in a potential fire zone 
and having Pacific Gas and Electric turn the fire, the the power off. And and here's another thing too. Everyone needs to understand Pacific Gas and Electric is running the show. When you hear that they're going to be sued and they're being told by the legislators in Sacramento that they can and can't do this, no, 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 no. Pacific Gas and Electric is telling the legislators what to do. Mm-hmm. Rothschild runs the show, period. Mm-hmm. They're only making it appear that um, there's any type of response. I was reading the paper today about the outages and how some of the different Sacramento legislators are saying Pacific Gas and Electric just can't get away with this. They're they're not responding to us. They're not returning our phone calls. Well, hello. <laughs> they don't have to. Mm-hmm. They're running the show. They're they're quite annoyed actually by all mm-hmm. these guys. Right. So, um I just want to alert everybody. Yeah, you're going to be moved well, into electric vehicles, and uh, you're going to be retrofitting your houses. And if you rent, don't think, oh, good, this isn't going to affect me. Uh, re- tenants are going to have great difficulty as landlords can't maybe retrofit their houses. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware, but during the outages, the governor in California passed a rental increase cap. It's like it's like universal rent control. So property owners that own multifamily housing are going to be sandwiched between uh, caps on what they can charge for rent. And then underneath is going to come all the requirements to retrofit. And if they can't do that, those properties are going to be red tagged and they won't be considered habitable. And those tenants are going to lose that housing. The tenants think they won a big victory by having rental caps. No, no, no. They have no idea what's coming. They're going to be out on the streets. The tenants are going, they're, they're, they're getting rid of all the low-hanging fruit. That's what's happening. You know, it, it's uh, definitely a service that you're tracking these things. And, and like I said, you know, I encourage our listeners to check out your site and to to delve into this stuff more deeply obviously we're we're somewhat time constrained on how much time we have to get into this so we'll definitely have to have you back to talk about some of the other stuff you brought up that i'm i'm very interested in um but you know thank you so much for coming on the show i think it was very informative and interesting and uh you know we really appreciate it well thank you both for the work you're doing to put this kind of information up and out and help everybody. So well, kudos, and you. I look forward to joining you both again. Absolutely. Thank yes, thank you so much. Well, Ron, that was a action-packed episode, if I've ever heard one. There was a lot of information that was that came out on this one, so this is a... Right. Well, you one. know, and the, and the thing about Deborah is, uh, you know, she tempers all this information with really being a human. And I think there's a lot of uh, people out there, unfortunately, that are no longer understanding what it's like to be a human or, you know, our humanness and our our sensitivity toward one another because there's so much like a, a divide and conquer type of mentality going right now. And oh, yeah, so caught up. 
in technology that we we've lost our humanness. So Deborah, I really right. appreciate you being a good human being and being compassionate yeah. for other people, and you know also being able to show the documentation of a lot of these atrocities that are going on. So again, thanks so much. Yeah, well, you're you. most welcome. Thank you. All right. Well, that that was another thrilling episode of the uh, Paranoid Podcast, the uh, finest amateur. Well, almost two hours uh, tonight. <laughs> it was well worth <laughs> it. It was totally worth it. Um, well, we you know, now all need to go to sleep because I can tell you I've got to get up and get out into this world of insanity tomorrow with my husband and his camera. Say hi so to Lily. I know. I will. Absolutely. I will. I just really appreciate you guys, and I appreciate, appreciate the work you. that you Yeah, well, let's let's uh, hold hands on these conversations more often because it's sure. going to get more interesting as time goes by for sure. Absolutely. Well, okay. Ron, Ron, I think that time has come. Mm-hmm. What well, you got, take, man? Yeah, well, take good care and keep the faith, everyone. All right, everybody, just remember, be excellent to one another. Bye. Good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton. Sponsored by Paranoia Magazine. Read it now. Paranoiamagazine.com Intro theme, The Guide, was composed by Scott Moon. ScottMoon.net Outro theme Fighting Trousers is by Professor Elemental ProfessorElemental.com Voiceover written and performed by Mr. Lobo Host of Cinema Insomnia Watch new episodes on OSI 74 Visit us at OSI74.com We are resuming control for now.